Good morning. Grace and peace to you. Good to see every one of you here. It was announced many on the sick list. Need to pray for them. Another situation. There's always a reason to rejoice. We don't want to let lose sight of that. God continues to do good and great things. Just want to echo Don's announcement about the Loop Festival. Uh, one of our best opportunities to get out there in the community with uh, the Word of God, pass out uh, good stuff, beginning with Bibles and uh, Bible story books and other things Don mentioned. So please uh, pray about that. Find it in your heart to come by and be a part of that at least for a couple hours. You will not be disappointed. Believe me, you will not be disappointed. If you want to turn to Ruth chapter 1, we're going to talk about devotion this morning, as you can see from your, from your ticket. The Bible is filled with beautiful stories of devotion, and even there's a lot of beautiful stories of devotion out in the world, and uh, situations that, that you know and understand where people have been devoted to others. And uh, despite... Uh, circumstances that were extreme, very difficult, they remain true and faithful to someone else. The story of Ruth is such a story, and uh, I'm just going to mention this by way of introduction, uh, because most of us are familiar with it. You've heard it uh, at weddings uh, many times. The story was uh, Naomi was a, a Jewess, and uh, there was a famine in the land of Israel, and so uh, she went to Moab in order to find food for her and her two sons. And while they were there, her two sons married two Moabite girls. And uh, you know, I'm making a very long story short here, but you can read this in Ruth. Actually, it's not a very long book at all. Well, in, as a passing of time, both of the boys died, okay? So uh, Ruth then decides to go back to Israel. She heard that God had blessed Israel with, with food, that the famine was, was breaking. And she decides to go back to her home. And the one uh, daughter-in-law decides to stay in Moab, but then Ruth says, no way. And these are the words. These are the words of a daughter-in-law, I guess you'd say even a former daughter-in-law to her mother-in-law, here in Ruth 1.16. But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or turn back from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. Thus may the Lord do to me, and worse, if anything but death parts you and me. Those are strong words. They're powerful words. They're inspiring words, aren't they? This young lady was not going to leave her mother-in-law. 
In fact, she tells Naomi, don't even try to persuade me to do that. Don't even urge me. Don't try it. I am not going to leave you. Uh, this is a great testimony to Naomi, the kind of person she was, obviously, that Ruth was so attached to her, had grown to love her so much that she did not want to be away from her. And so she said, I'm going to go back with you. Ruth kept her word. And you can, like I said, you can read the story. And God blessed her. God blessed her with another husband. But we want to notice here in the language, and the language is important here, as I've told you so many times and, and exhorted, read carefully. Read the word of God carefully. We should also read everything carefully. But read it carefully. Ruth was devoted to Naomi, first of all. Notice her words. Do not urge me to leave you, turn back from following you, where you go. All right? First and foremost, it was about her relationship with, Ruth, with Naomi. She was so enamored, captivated, and become so in love with her, uh, her nature, her character, her person, that she wanted everything that Naomi had. And then it goes on to say, your God will be my God. Where you live, I'll live, and so forth. That she had grown that attached to Naomi. That's devotion. That's what we want to talk about in this lesson. I use that by way of introduction. One of Jesus' disciples, well, in fact, all of Jesus' disciples have to learn this, had to learn this, and in fact, we all have to learn this as well. But we're going to focus on Peter this morning. Now, he had to learn devotion to Jesus. So that's our, going to be our story. Let's turn to Mark chapter 1. Choosing to follow Jesus means some things have to go. Now, sometimes we have trouble with that. Sometimes we don't want to let things go that need to go. But they have to be let go if Jesus is going to be first. If we're going to love him with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind and all of our strength, some things have to go. Mark 1.16, as he was going along by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net in the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I'll make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were also in the boat, mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went away to follow him. Now, according to the other gospel, this wasn't the first time that the, uh, Jesus had encountered these fishermen, but it is the time that he actually calls them to follow him. And he says, follow me, doesn't he? He says, follow me. And here at this point, he only makes them one promise. He says, I'll make you fishers of men. He saw they were fishermen. He relates his call to their job. 
that they would have a new kind of fishing trade to catch men. As we can see, it says, you know, immediately they left their nets and followed him. There was something about the Lord. They obviously had heard his message before, knew about him, uh, what he had done, and uh, they wanted to follow him. And so they make the decision. They left their nets and followed him. They had to do that in order to follow him. They couldn't continue to be fishermen and follow Jesus. That was not possible. He was a rabbi. He was an itinerant rabbi. He went around teaching, and he was going to teach them about the kingdom of heaven and this gospel that he was talking about. And they could not stay there around Lake Galilee and continue to do their thing and follow him. It was not possible. And they obviously understood that, so... They left. They left the boats. They left the nets. And they followed him. And we're going to fast forward about three and a half years in the story. Uh, let's go over to Luke 22. At this point, Jesus has been around Galilee. He's been... In Samaria, he's been through Samaria, he's been in Jerusalem, he's been in Judea, he's been teaching, he's been healing. They've seen what he can do, they've heard his message, but now he has given them a message which they really don't want to hear, you know, he's going to go up to Jerusalem and, and die. He tells them he's going to be resurrected the third day, but they don't want to hear about this, this crucifixion, this way he's going to die, and that this is actually going to happen to him. They don't want to hear it. But he keeps insisting and telling him it's going to. In Luke 22, verse 28, you are those who have stood by me in my trials. Now that's interesting because he's had some trials. He's faced off with, with the Pharisees and all their opposition, and he, they've been traveling around with him in different places. And as he said, you know, I have nowhere to lay my head, and sleeping here and there. So uh, they've endured some things with Jesus. But they haven't endured what they're going to endure later. But he's very gracious to them. You, you've been with me in my trials. And he says, just as my father has granted me a kingdom, I grant you that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and you will sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So here's a great promise for them in the days and even in the years to come. Uh, however you want to interpret that, and I'm not going to get into that at this point, but it was a great blessing for them that they were going to get to do this. But then we see the situation develops with Simon, and Simon is Peter, 31. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. Now, if someone said that to me, I'd be shaking in my boots. Satan wants to sift me like wheat. You know, when you read this, I was immediately reminded of Job. Remember the story of Job? The sons of God appeared before the Lord, and, you know, Satan was there and said, you know, you're, uh, you're protecting this Job guy. 
you got a hedge around him. If uh, you let me get to him, he'll, he'll curse you. He'll curse you. And God says, well, okay, well, we'll just see. So Satan was allowed to, to touch his possessions and his family, and then later he's allowed to touch his body, the terrible sores. But Job never did curse God. He continued to believe in his God. And so here, Simon is going to get sifted here by Satan. And notice in 32, But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail, and you, when once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. This must be very serious. But Jesus has already prayed for Peter that his faith will not fail. And the way he's talking here, something is going to happen because it says when you have turned again. So, you know, there's going to be a situation here. Peter is going to do something here that he's got to turn from. He is truly going to be sifted. He's going to be tested by Satan. He said, when you get back, you strengthen your brothers. See, we read in other places, these tests that we have when we endure them, they make us stronger. They draw us closer to God, and then they give us opportunity to help other people who are going through similar things. And we don't ever want to forget that. That once we have endured something, that that is an experience, if you will, that we have had that we need to share with others when they're in trouble. And we should not just stand back and watch other people endure things and watch and say, oh, I hope they get through it. When you have something that you can share because you went through the same thing. He says, Peter, when you've gone through this and you come back, you strengthen your brothers. You let them know what happened and how you failed and what they need to do to be on guard and so forth. This is a part of loving one another in the body and caring for one another. Look at verse uh, 33. But he said to him, meaning Simon, Lord, with you I'm ready to go both to prison and to death. Now, Peter's disagreeing with his Lord. Ever disagree with your Lord? That's a dangerous place to be in, you know? Jesus has just told him what's going to happen, and he's going to pray for him, and when he was to return, he's to strengthen his brothers. And Peter says, oh, wait a minute. I I'm ready to go to prison and death with you. He he's not accepting his own weakness. Any of you like that? What about me? Oh, I can stand. I can do this. I don't have any weaknesses. I don't have any faults. Be careful. What to say about the one who thinks he stands? Take heed lest he fall. That was Peter here. 34, and he said, meaning Jesus, I say to you, Peter, the rooster will not crow today until you have denied three times that you know me. Wow. Peter says, oh, it's not going to happen. Jesus says, oh, you're going to deny that you even know me. 
How could that possibly happen? Peter probably doesn't believe it. In fact, let's go back to Matthew 26. If we're devoted to Jesus, I mean, there will be time we will be tested. Satan is going to try to break that bond, that love, that devotion, that desire to serve Jesus. He's going to try to break that bond because that's where it starts. Look in Matthew 26 and 69. I'm sorry, Matthew 26, 31. Then Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike down the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered. But after I've been raised, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. But Peter said to him, even though all may fall away because of you, I will never fall away. There's the same thought. I will never fall away. But Jesus said to him again, truly I say to you, this very night before a rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. All the disciples said the same thing. Same thing too. He's arguing with his Lord. He's arguing with him. He says, no, I won't. Jesus says, yes, you will. He says, no, I won't. That's thin ice. He's not accepting that the Lord sees his weakness and knows what is exactly going to happen. He's offering these strong words like we saw Ruth to Naomi. I'll never leave you. Now, Ruth kept her word, but in this particular instance here in the short term Peter did not Peter did not his words were not kept his words were stronger than his faith it can happen to every one of us some situations in life are tough the devil can bring a lot of force and hard situations upon us, cause us to doubt, to worry, to be in pain, and we can be really tested. Let's turn over to verse 69, same chapter. You're familiar with this. I want to read it to see that it happened and see what happened. Peter, you know, after Jesus, this is after Jesus was arrested and they'd taken him down to, to be in front of the high priest to have the mock trial. Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him and said, you too were with Jesus the Galilean. Kind of an innocent statement. Oh, you were with him. She's not a, really accusing him of anything. She's not got any soldiers with her to say, hey, come and get this guy. I know he was with him. They're just there in the courtyard. One of the other gospels said they were worrying themselves by a fire. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you're talking about. I don't know. He's afraid, afraid to admit he even knew Jesus. When he had gone out to the gateway, another servant girl saw him and said to those who were there, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. 
I'm sure he's afraid that, you know, Jesus has been arrested. He was with him when he, the soldiers came, and so he's, you know, he's thinking they're going to pick me up with him. And again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. We're not told what the oath was. But obviously it was a sinful thing to say because it wasn't true, right? It wasn't true. And to swear probably by the Lord God that you didn't know a man when you did, not good. A little later the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Surely you too are one of them. Or even the way you talk gives you away. You know, they were from Galilee. They had that little dialect everybody could recognize. You know, like being Hamptons from down south. Then he began to curse and swear. I do not know the man. And immediately a rooster crowed. He's just cursing and swearing all over the place. I, I don't know this guy. What are you talking about? And it's like his mind must have been held because he's not knowing what he's doing because it says in 75, and Peter remembered the word which Jesus has said when he heard the rooster crow. Before Rooster Crozier denied me three times, he went out and wept bitterly. I did it. I said I wouldn't. But I did. Ever been there? Say yes. <laughs> we all have. He had just asserted a couple of hours before, probably, I'll, I'll die with you, Lord. And now he's denying he even knew him. We want to notice this. This is about Peter's relationship with Jesus and nothing else. Notice the questions. You were with him. You're one of them. He was with Jesus of Nazareth. They're not accusing him of anything else. It's the same thing with Ruth and Naomi. Ruth says, I'll not leave you. I'll not forsake you. Let's understand this. You can be devoted to the church. You can be devoted to prayer. You can be devoted to Bible study. You can be devoted to good works, and you can be devoted to all kind of things good. But if you are not devoted to Jesus Christ, first of all, all of it becomes ritual and empty obedience. That's all it is. Jesus must be first in your heart to love him, First of all, as we said, we're devoted to Jesus. And then, then, if we are, we will do and go what, and do whatever he wants and go wherever he wants us to go. 
This is why I think sometimes we hesitate. We don't want to do things because we're not devoted to him. We want some of the things he offers. We try to do some good things, but he's not first. He's not number one. We don't love him with the whole soul and body and strength and mind and spirit. This was Peter's problem at this point. He hadn't arrived yet. He wasn't there yet. He wasn't fully devoted to Jesus. He'd seen a lot. He'd heard a lot. It looked good. But then when it came down, it's testing time. Do you really want it? Do you really want the Lord? He backed away. He backed off. Wait, I don't know. I see what's happening to him. I don't know. Do I want that? Do I want him? Well, we're thankful that God is a God of grace. Go to John 21. We're going to, with the Lord's help, pull this all together. You remember Jesus said, you know, after all this is over, I'll meet you in Galilee. Well, this is when he meets them in Galilee in John 21. Let's read the first three verses. After these things, Jesus manifested himself or revealed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, Sea of Galilee, same place, and he manifested himself in this way. Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee, James and John, and two others of the disciples were together. They had gone up and they were waiting for Jesus. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we will also come with you. They went out and got into the boat and that night they caught nothing. Now, if you remember, this is why we've compressed this whole story, where Jesus called Simon. It was when he was fishing, wasn't it? They were fishermen. And it said immediately they left their nets. They're back in Galilee. The cross has happened, you know, and all that ordeal. Uh, Jesus has appeared to them. He's been resurrected. But Peter's, whatever, anxious, eager. Jesus hasn't appeared yet. He says, I'm, I'm going fishing. I'm going fishing. They caught nothing. You remember the story. Jesus, I'm not going to read it all. Jesus shows up. Says, children, you catch anything? No. Well, try over on this side. And they caught this huge draft of fish, 153 fish. And at that, you know, Peter remembers another incident from back in his life when virtually the same thing happened. He says, it's the Lord. Dives in the water, swims ashore. Jesus fixes them breakfast. They're there. And I, as I was, never thought this before, but as I was thinking about this this time and studying, I was wondering, wonder if this was exactly the same place 
where he had called them in the, to begin with. It could have been exactly the same place, exactly the same area along the seashore. Let's read verse 15. So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? I'm going to stop there. What's he talking about? People debate about that. I don't see there's any debate at all about this. He's talking about the fishing boats, the nets, and the fishing. Because Peter had gone back onto the lake to fish. That's where he called him. Do you love me more than these, Peter? You know, when you, you get up before dawn, there's something about doing that, you know, those of you who get up before dawn, you're out on that lake, you smell that water, you feel that boat on the water under your feet, the wind in the sails, the anticipation of the catch, the sun <laughs> coming up over the hills, it's going to be a good day. Wonderful. Great, honorable way to make a living. But, Peter, do you love me more than these? We all have to make a choice. What is it in your life that you really love? We all have it. Do you love me more than these, Peter? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He's got to get it in Peter's head. It's about me, Peter. Do you love me? That's the bottom line. He said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, shepherd my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said, I got something else for you to do. It's not fishing on this lake. If you love me, I want you to tend my sheep. I'm taking you from being a, a fisherman, if you will, to being a shepherd. Now, I know he was going to be a fisherman and catch men as well, but I got work for you to do. Do you love me? It wasn't necessarily the message, the miracles, all the attention of the crowds, but it was Jesus. Do you love me? Yeah, he's a package deal, but it starts with him. Do you appreciate who he is, that he is God, that he loves you, that he gave his life, that he gave up privileges to, be, to come here? 
that he is truthful, honest, gracious, merciful. Yes, he'll, uh, he'll rebuke us. He'll discipline us. But it's for our good. This is, this is the Jesus that says, do you love me? Do you realize I only want good for you in your life? Peter kept his word this time. Jesus indicated to him the way he was going to die, and history kind of bears that out, that he did die for his Lord. He kept his word. Devotion, it's a beautiful thing. But devotion to Christ will cost cost you your life in the end. If you're a Christian, are you devoted to him? You hear the question in your mind, do you love me more than these? We all uh, at times face that question every day, don't we? We have to make a choice. Are we going to do what Jesus said or are we going to back off? Are we going to be afraid? Are we going to deny? Are we going to quit? We're going to say next time, you need prayer about your serving the Lord. We're here to help you with that. We can pray with you and pray for you if you are ready to serve this Jesus. You know, he offers so much, but it can be a difficult road as well. But do you love him? Do you love him more than all these other things? We can help you obey the gospel. Please come while Brother Jim leads us.